This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of the number one unofficial AFC Wimbledon podcast. My name is Lee Finch and I am, as ever, joined by Danny Baker. Uh, our special guest is the uh, OG of the One Was Had a Dream, Jamie Whitterton. He will be joining us a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, first off, obviously, I'll introduce Danny. And he'll, uh, Have you got something for me? Because I've got something for you, Danny. So anyway, well, how are, it's how are lovely, you? Isn't it? I'm, I'm right. absolutely marvellous, as usual. Another wonderful... Uh, life in the in the life of me but yeah we, well, well i had something but let's go with you well, what, do you know what offside is you know when you try and figure oh, out if gosh. people know what football is you know you yeah. know when you go and it used to be the old thing when women go they know about football and you go well what's offside you know back in the old yeah, in the old cafe with we the used to be able to have a joke lot, yeah we used to be able to have a joke with the uh, people kind of thing yeah but I have no idea what offside is now watching the Man City Man U game because I was saying to my mates the other day if you were going to play offside yeah, in VAR because obviously we couldn't probably couldn't do it at our level because the yeah. line would probably flag straight away. But you only play. You could just tell now, like Rashford, just push up, like go a yard offside. Yeah, that's gonna leave. Run after the through ball. Yeah, and then just get someone else to go with you, kind of thing, and like, and then just leave it, kind of thing. Like they did. I thought it was offside. I don't know what you thought. Did you actually was. think it was offside? It is offside. Yeah, it has to be offside, one hundred percent. I mean, I don't understand how There's it a, can't a, be. Have you seen a picture where he's running for it and there's no... If you take him out that picture, yeah. there's the, the defender just takes the ball. So Well, th- th- this is this is the whole problem with all of it. And again, I don't... I was saying to the guys at work, we've got quite a few rugby guys, and I was like, isn't the problem that there's too many rules that you interpret and rather than rules that are yes or no with cricket, it's a yes or no, is it out, is it not? With football, the moment you bring in interpretation, yes, this whole thing becomes a bit of a farce. So I don't really know what the answer is because we thought VAR is the answer, and it clearly isn't because 
that's not been given. So I don't really understand where the answer is. Yes, it's a talking point, but it's a crap talking point. We should be talking about a great game of football instead of talking about VAR like, still can't it, get the right right. VAR made it worse as well, isn't it? Football, like in general, like it's weird because well, they, they get it, they get it at World Cup level. I found World Cup Euros and stuff like that VAR work really well. Yeah, but then at Premier League level, I saw it in. Uh, I watched the Rangers Aberdeen game the other day, and it didn't work for a little bit of the game, so they had to uh, to to kind of stop it from working. But they only had it for half a game, then they only had it for fifteen minutes, which is again, it's just farcical kind of stuff. And but, I mean, the biggest problem is is that if if VIR is going to create a higher level of results or or decisions that go right. When one goes wrong, it's going to be an absolutely massive deal. It used to be every game or every two games or every weekend, there was five or six debatable decisions that kind of evened itself out. Now that's not going to happen. If VIR is going to be better, the decisions they're making wrong are going to be massive and they're going to have a huge ramification, which is think, part of the problem, I think. I think the tech for offsides, yeah, fine. It, well, if offsides offside. Uh, you put the, the lines down, you see if he's offside kind of thing. You you, you say right at the start of the season, it's going to be his shoulder or his, do you know what I mean, his foot. Uh, for the goal, the lines... Why, why does it take so long? Why can't they do it like the tennis with a Hawkeye and you just go, done, right, that's it, see you later. Is it because it's a, the tennis is a defined bit or is it because it's a movable object? I'm not sure. Jimmy, it's because it's movable. Last year, do you remember last year when they were trying to do the lines and they looked all wonky and stuff? God, and, and they like... started moving things around and the kids, <laughs> yeah. got, kids got a projector out and rotating it yeah, around. Middle. Anyway, what did you have for me then? Well, I'll open up. Well, do you want to say hello to Jamie? I mean, he's only well, just sitting on his own at the moment. We usually do about five minutes. We usually do about five minutes. Let's ask Jamie. Jamie, VAR, firstly, you, well, welcome. Do you know offside? Do you, do, do, you, do you want to welcome him, Lee, or shall I do it? Because you're being quite rude at the minute. Do you want to welcome your guest? Hello, Jamie. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Thanks for um, finally getting to it. I've just been sitting here like a lemon. Like a lemon, twiddling your thumbs. Listening to VAR, you. Jamie, does it work? VAR. Yes or no? To, Go. to be fair, Jamie, sorry, sorry, Jamie. To be fair, we usually do about five or ten minutes of this. Yeah. Right? Because it's Danny's question, we go over it for a longer t- period. But mm-hmm. this week, it seems because it was my question, Danny just didn't want to get involved in it. Lost interest because, really quickly, to be honest yeah, with you. Do you know what I mean? So, Jamie, do you understand what offside is? I, I do understand what offside is, yeah. Have you been to a cafe or a public place and got the salt and pepper out and done it that way? Or was I mean, it... are you a football fan if you haven't done that? To well, me? exactly. Um, I'm massively proud that you I think that. The, the the problem with the problem with the offside law is they keep tink- tinkering about with it. You know, like it's a different offside law every season. It's slightly different. It's worded slightly differently. Um, it used to be that if someone was sort of, I think it was interfering with play, then they were offside. So. Rashford would have been offside at the weekend, but now they've changed it. I don't know what the exact wording is now, but it's ridiculous. So you're saying he wasn't offside on Saturday? I'm saying I don't know because the it's so ambiguous and it's so grey. It's not black and white anymore. Um, it should be really the, easy, shouldn't it? It should really yeah, be easy. It should be, it should be black know, and white. Because they, they talk about, it, well, he hasn't touched the ball, but in my opinion, you don't have to be touched the ball to be offside. He hasn't, he hasn't interfered with any directly with any opposition player but in my eyes I think he has like he's offside there's no doubt in my mind he's offside because as a defender if you're you play a line to play him offside and uh you see the ball and him running towards it and him running through on goal you you know you I know you say play to the whistle but you kind of switch off because no, he's, miles, he's, he's, miles, he's miles he's miles offside so 
Well, that's what that's what they said on match of the day. The uh, the centre back, I don't know, remember his name. He plays Man City in Jargo or something like that. It is I can't, I don't know. Kanji, Kanji. I like the fact that you said Ninjago. That's fantastic. That's the one. Uh, he he said he stops. He sees Rashford go offside, so he stops, and they they replay it on match of the day and the anal- uh, analysis of it. And you can see he stops and goes, thinks, right, I don't have to worry about Rashford now because that ball goes through to him. He's offside. Then mm-hmm. Russia goes through, and then he then has to then worry about him, and he's already yard out of play. So I that the same kind problem, of interferes though. straight away. I don't know where you guys sit as well. I find it really annoying when when the guy puts the offside flag up, and the lad still run, carries on runs and scores. Well, that's kicking the ball away. The decision's been well, given. Well, no, you know what? And they carry on, and they score like John Joe Shelby did. And it's like, no. Yeah, but like, John Joe that, Shel- that, Shelby's goal was given. Yeah, it, but that's, that's the point I'm making. That's what I don't understand about it, is that... You can't put the flag up. The player sees the linesman, and then you just you blow the whistle. He still carries on and scores. I don't understand how you can do that. That's 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 a nonsense. Well, I think that's just a change with the birth of VAR. It's a change that players at that level need to deal with. You know, you yes. see the flag go up, you don't switch off, you don't switch off until the whistle go, goes, because like the John Joe Selby one, the flag's gone up, but the liner got it wrong. So do you feel, though, as fans, Jay, that it would be better if we just went back to the old system of if you were in front of the ball when the ball's played, you're offside, everyone knows it, there's no ambiguity, you see it, it's off, it's not, it's not, none of this, is he interfering with play, is this person going to be potentially do it, are we better off as fans just to go, this is the line, cheers. Yeah, but I think within five minutes, fans would be calling for VAR to come back. Yeah, I know, I know. Decisions that that would have been given if VAR was in things, so it's a vicious circle. VAR is far from perfect. I don't think we're in a better place at the moment. I think, like Finchie said, that the World Cups and the Euros, they seem to get it a lot better um, and get it right a lot more often. I don't really understand what we're doing in this country to make it not so. I I think that's because the head of FIFA refs is, what's his name? Uh, The old Italian Kalina. Kalina. Is it really? Kalina. Yeah, Yeah, he was the head of the refs at the last World Cup. And we've got... uh, Mike Dean and who's the other guy now? Who's doing it's Howard Mike. Webb? Howard, Howard Webb is head of Howard uh, Webb's head of refs now. Just get Glamberg back. He likes a laugh, didn't he? Yeah, he's a good lad, Glamberg. Liked him. But anyway, well, yeah, no one knows what offside is really at the moment. So mad. But uh, so Bradford, uh, we spoke uh, with Jonathan last week regarding Crew being the most boring nil-nil ever. I actually thought Bradford was quite an exciting nil-nil. Uh, had quite a bit going on. Uh, they had chances. They had a man sent off. We had a few chances, not as many as I would like when they go down to 10 men. But yeah, uh, Jamie, what do you think of the Bradford game? Um, it was certainly more exciting than the crew game, for sure. Um, I still think it, was, it wasn't the greatest game of football. There wasn't, I think neither, sides, neither side showed real quality, especially in the final third. Um, I mean, the red card was bang on. I thought the ref had a good game for a change. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any sort of qualms with, with the referee. Agreed. Yeah. Um. I mean, the red card was. I mean, the first challenge was probably orange. The second one was definitely a yellow. So uh, I don't think Bradford could have much complaints on that either. Um. I think we miss a Sal. I know we're going to touch on him later, but we definitely miss him. Um. Because we look absolutely toothless up front. Um. I know it's going to take a while for the new lads to gel and sign of get in. Pearson, I thought started really brightly, and then within about five or ten minutes, completely faded out of the game. But he showed a few nice touches. He's, he looks like he could be promising. Same with uh, Alhamadi. Um, Armani Little looks tidy. But again, I haven't really seen enough of them to to do anything more. I thought Marsh had his best game in a while. 
Um, credit where credit's due. I'm not the biggest fan of him. But Yeah, I was going to ask you about that in terms of George Marshall. I thought it was quite a... Well, I thought it was a massive game for him on the fact that with a new lad coming in with potential new ones, I felt that was a potential last chance saloon in terms of getting a decent start. Do you think that he has endorsed himself better, i.e. to get more game time, or do you feel like we're still probably having him as a backup? I mean... Go on, Jake. Yeah, go on, Finch. No, go on, Finch. Off to you. For me, it's a little bit too late for him now. I think Amani Little came on and proved that he can play that kind of role as well, but also give us something going forward. Where I do believe, I, I agree with you, Jamie, I thought it was his best game. I thought it was... Uh, something that he needed and something that we've always said is if you've got that strength in depth, it will bring out the better, it will bring, make a better player out of people. But I do think Amani Little can play next to Woodyard, do the similar job that Marsh does, but also get us up the pitch quicker, move the ball quicker, which Marsh just doesn't do. And I think that's, it's going to be a little, unfortunately Saturday's game was good for him, but yeah, a little bit too late for him. I feel like we can also move on from Courtney Senior, can't we? Oh, mate, I've said this before and I was raging when I I, told, I, I, I said to you on Saturday, I, someone said to me, I think we're going to be playing 4-5-1 on Saturday. And I was like, I really don't, I hope not. And the team that they sent me was horrendous. And it had Pier, uh, Courtney Senior instead of Pearson. And I was quite happy to see Pearson. I weren't happy with the squad, the team that we kind of put out. I weren't overly happy about that. Uh, I thought we went a bit defensive against Bradford. But he, he should never be near our squad again. Really, especially not with the players we have now. Really, don't we don't need him? I don't. I, I, yeah, it drives me mad. Go on, Jay. Yeah, I've got a note as well on on Courtney Senior. I mean, I think he's had one half decent game in a Wimbledon shirt, and he's been here since what? Just after the transfer window, mm. um, in the summer. Um, we had is it Aaron Sasu? Is yeah. that his name? We had him on the bench, right? He's massive. We've isn't made. It? We've made. Yeah, he looks huge. Yeah, I did. And, I I've seen who it was. I've seen him, I think it was in a Johnson's, not Johnson's, the Pizza Trophy or yeah, a couple of other times this season. He looks half decent. Um, a, so yeah, it's sort of A, do you think he would have been a better punt than, than Courtney Senior coming on? And also when we made that last change with seven or eight minutes left to go, we then made our three, because um, you can make five subs from three stoppages. Three, that's right, yeah. So that was our third stoppage. Why are we not throwing him on for the last 10 minutes and say, you know, Go on, lad, make a name for yourself. Um, Davison had run himself ragged. Um, I mean, Courtney Senior did nothing all game. Uh, Apart me, from stack it, didn't he, right at the end? When he yeah, had a great yeah. chance. The only yeah, thing he just, did was stack it. For me, all, he had to, all he had to do was fill the trigger. For, for me, Sasu was just brought onto the bench to just fill that one number that we didn't have because obviously we've got so many players that are out ill at the moment. So, yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I take? I wanted to bring up two things, if that's all right. Firstly, how unbelievable are our two with fullbacks? Oh, man. I mean, that'd be funny. I think Curry and I mean Biller, I thought was absolutely faultless, and I very rarely go absolutely mental for a player. I thought he was stunning. Do you know why he had on... a good game on Saturday? My pie, something like that. No, no. Me and me and my boy were on the way to the game, and we got off the train at Ellsfield. And, and and Biller gets off, so me and Jack were talking to him and telling him, "Look, mate, you're flying at the moment, you're doing so you really gave well." Him like a like an awesome. And, and I one said one, to yeah? him about his cutbacks. I was showing him with like an old tennis ball that we found. And oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we Took we had a, calf, we had a, yeah. we had a chat with him. He's he's a really nice guy, really down to earth. He was really friendly. I just thought he was exceptional. Player, though, man, I, th- I don't know player. what you thought, Jay. I thought he was exceptional both ends of the pitch. The amount of times that he intercepted a ball, I think there's 
definitely work on his crossing. But I thought that he got into some fantastic positions and particularly against a good team like Bradford, I, 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 I thought he was stunning. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I remember talking about him when when we first started off this uh, podly. We were talking about, oh, Bill is supposed to be mustard. Mm. But we didn't see anything of him because he kept getting injured or people weren't giving him chances or he'd kind of be in and around the first team and then get injured again. Um, but yeah, I completely agree, Danny. The, he's just getting better and better, isn't he? Much like Curry. I mean, I, I, I thought Curry would be our player of the season, but I think it's going to be a toss-up between them two. Um, I really do. And maybe Chislet. But... Um, I, yeah, them, them, them two, them two. I mean, we're going to lose them. They'll probably go and strike next transfer window or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, they're going to have a flu. Yeah, the other yeah. thing I wanted to quickly touch base on, I thought um, Pierce, two games, two clean sheets. I think he's been. I was really concerned with him as a four. I was really worried about the pace and coming in behind him. But I was just interested in what you guys thought because I thought he was. I think he's classically too forward. That if the game's in front of him or you want to be physical, he's a man. And I think he's exactly what you need. Anyone who's got a little bit more about them or a little bit of pace in them behind, I've got concerns. But I thought he marshaled the game really well. I I think Pierce played really well on Saturday because it was a perfect game for him with one up front, which was uh, Oliver. And they were playing to Pierce's strengths. They were just putting it in the air for him. So every time he got it, he, he you know what I mean? He could just he could just lift up, bang, header it back. And and that's what we want. It's when we go against two or three up front and they're lightning quick. Oliver is quick, but we had Paul Callenby next to him. Go on, Jay. Yeah, I was well, funny enough you bring up PK. I think when we started sort of going on that form and our defence tightened up a bit and we were playing quite well at the back, I think we kind of put that all down to Towler. Um, uh, a fan base on a whole. I know that's a sweeping generalization. Yeah, no, but, it's true. Um, Fair though. I Fair think though. I think yeah. that's a, I think that's sort of a bit of a disservice to Paul Callumbay because he was brilliant as well. Obviously, his centre back partners changed and they've kept two clean sheets. Um, obviously the crew 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 aren't great, but Bradford are what fourth or fifth before the game on Saturday. Fifth, so yeah. to keep a clean Fine. sheet, I know they had a player sent off, but to keep a clean we... sheet against them, it's a it's a good result. Do we do we? So the reason why PK probably hasn't done well before is because of injuries. He's not maybe been fully fit. And this season, he's come back. He is fully fit. He has had uh, good people next to him, Towler and stuff. He's got the two good wingbacks now, the fullbacks now, which are quick. So he doesn't have to worry about getting beat for pace because if he does, Biller's going to be coming in, Curry, you know what I mean, if he plays the other side as well. And maybe PK's now, as I said, he's, what is he, 25? Something like that. I don't think he's that much older than that. Yeah, but he's now coming into what you would like at a centre-back age. At 25, you think, right, I need to now make a career. Look, Deji Oshilaja did it, didn't he? He was all yeah. over the place. Boom, he hit a level. Bang, and he's become a good centre-back. And I think that's the same. I think you're, you're spot on with that, Jay. Well, okay, Kambay is 23 yeah. years old. Is he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's a couple of things. In 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 fairness, I don't quite think he is a League One centre-back. And I think that playing in League Two, I think, has definitely helped him. I think the other the thing is a tactical tweak. We're not asking our centre-backs now to play from the back. We're asking our centre-backs to defend and get the... And they're playing. We're playing a lot more direct. I think Zanev's definitely also gained massive. Since we've stopped them passing out the back, we've gained a lot more confidence. They haven't got to worry too much about it. Um... I think that yeah, I think I think they've been good. The only other thing I wanted to discuss, you guys, was um, I thought the Six Nations was in February. The mm. uh, rugby tackle. Anyone yeah, want to comment on that? That was ridiculous. Never, never ascending off though. I've seen never people... ascending off for of the rugby tackle. Yeah, there's a man covering, but it's a rugby tackle. 
it's not a full on blimmin' rugby tackle. Are Danny. you joking? He, he puts, his, he puts his arm right. Yeah, he puts his arm around him and brings him to the ground. It's oh, not. It's not, a, it's, it's not. It's not a running. It's not a running rugby tackle that you well, see. He's, where... he's, the guy's and gone past also, him and he's just... got round him and dragged him onto nah, the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he's marking him tightly and then drags him down with both arms around him. It's. I, I wouldn't. If, say... if I if I may interject because it Go was on, right then. in front of me where I sit in the main stand. It was it was right in front of me. Um, Alhamidi has, has done him with a little sort of body check and the bloke has wrapped his arms around him and dragged him to the floor. It's yeah, a rugby it's tackle. It's, a it's not like it's not like a massive rugby We're hit. teaching the kids yeah. rugby at school. But it's, it's, a a rugby, tackle, it's a rugby tackle. It's a tackle, but not um, a hit. So is it a red card? A no, because there was a, because because it's the same as an innocuous trip when teams are breaking. There was a, there, you know, there's, it's one of those where you feel like there should be another sanction for it because it's not quite, it's not a red card because it's not, it's not a denying a goal scoring, an obvious goal scoring opportunity, and it's not, not quite dangerous play. No, it's oh, again okay. because he's he has tackle guys. It's not, it's, not like, it's, not, it's not a rugby. It wasn't high. In yeah. his he's just brought <laughs> the geezer down. He ain't, you know what I mean? You know, and then obviously a yellow card doesn't quite feel like enough because, you know, you can get a yellow card for kicking the ball away. So what's, yeah. what's the, or taking your shirt off when you celebrate, the sanction yep. doesn't quite add up. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I, I don't have any answers as to what it should be. But then that being said, if uh, the Dane Oliver had done that to Paul Kalambayi and he hasn't rugby tackled him at the other end, I'm giving Paul Kalambayi so much fucking stick. Yeah. So it's are it's we... one of those things. They will even themselves out over the course of a season as long as we're like street, street smart like, like uh, that geezer was. And all three of us have said this on this podcast when we started this or now is that we want our centre-back to be doing that. We've been too nice. If that, again, as Jamie said, if Paul Kalambayi doesn't do that, do you know what I mean? And nil-nil, then we go mental because they go up the other end of the score. I, and, I then don't, ja- I and then Danny's on here going, why did he not rugby tackle? I, I am, I'm absolutely not going to say that I wouldn't want my man to do that. All I'm saying is, I don't think I've seen a rugby tackle on a full pitch for a very long <laughs> yeah. time. So overall then, Bradford, Jay mentioned it. Good point. Lost two points. Where do we sit? It's a good point. Good point? It's a good point. Lee? I agree. I see people online and stuff, which I know we you shouldn't you should take a pinch of salt. People saying we should have won that. It's a so two points dropped. It's a good point. Bradford are fifth. They've got some very good players. They brought on Cook as well. Like if you can bring on people like that, you've got good squad. Do you know what I mean? We should have maybe gone out there and done a little bit more, but we've we've put in three brand new players at one point during that game. It's gonna click. We've got three better players than we had previously that come on. So yeah, there's there's stuff to be positive about. Yeah, it's a good point. Yep. Okay. I'd just like to add one more thing about Harry Pell. I don't know what um, you guys think, but um, obviously I know he's a bit of a shit house, and yep. I, wel- I welcome that with uh, <laughs> I welcome that with with open arms when he signed. Um, but the novelty for me is wearing off a little bit. Uh, I think he spent more time on the floor than on his feet on on, on Saturday. Which again, I, it's one of those. I know you have to take the rough with the smooth when you've been like crying out for it for so long. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he needs to be a bit. He needs to choose his moments a bit. Yeah, a bit wiser. We've we spoke about this with Lee Brown before, uh, uh, and there was another incident on Saturday with Lee Brown, which he didn't do anything wrong. We'll talk about that later. But I think with yeah, shit really only works when it looks good or it's coming off. So drawing nil nil and stuff, and him falling over, and the, the ref's not buying it at all. Yeah, you think what are you doing? But if he then goes down, shit houses it, and we get a penalty, you think yes, Harry. It's like Vinnie Jones was probably the the ultimate. What boss level of shithousery? The so fake who, hard man, yeah. The who fake do we think man. is the biggest shithouse? 
Pell or Brown? Brown. You think Brown I think, is? I think Brown's a bigger shit house, but Pell's better at it. Yes, hundred percent. Jamie, it. Dan, what a good point then. I think I think we're a mid-table team, definitely. On the fact that I don't, I feel without a sound, we're very like Jamie said. I think he summed it up beautifully. I don't think we've got a huge amount of other things going forward. If I'm honest, when we when it went down to ten men, Chizit's free kick was a great save, um, and I thought that um, I, th- I felt that they were there for the taking. I would have taken it before the game. I think at the end, it was one of them classic ones where I feel like it. we probably deserved to get more. Am I happy with the point? Oh, it's that weird one where I feel like, if anything, two points was about right. We were better than the draw, but not quite did enough for the win. I just don't quite feel like we got everything we want out of it. But from a mid-table team, Bradford, like I said, are in the top seven. We looked comfortable at that level. Our young players have really come forward. And there was, if you were watching as a neutral, you wouldn't have known the difference between the team that are in the playoffs who've got a massive squad, big, massive international manager getting, you know, best nearly 20,000 a week <coughs> and us. So, um, no, I guess that's a good resemblance of where we are. But I think it's a, that will be, th- that that defines our season in terms of that is going to be what we are, which is a, a very capable, competitive side without being too, um, too flash. Okay, sorry, Jay, go on then quickly. We're we're finally hard to beat, which, yes, which exactly, I've been yeah, yeah. I've been that's bang on. for for ages. We're finally hard to beat. Teams aren't coming to us, and you know teams are going. Oh, we're going to Wimbledon again, um, which we haven't had for a while. You know, it's, they know they're going to have a tough day of it. They're going to have to play well to beat us. So, um, no complaints really. We must have one of the meanest defenses in the last ten years. In the ten, ten years, ten, ten games, years. Surely. <laughs> oh, fuck it, we're in ten, ten years, mate. In the last oh, yeah. ten games, we have we have been mean, haven't we? Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, lad, one of the things we did, well, I, I wanted to ask you as well, uh, it's more negatives regarding Saturday's game because not really on the pitch, but stuff going off the pitch. So I, I don't know if you lot noticed. Jamie, you might not notice it being in the main stand. Danny noticed it. We spoke about it as well. Also, there How's was the this... caviar, Jamie, in the main stand, all right? It's lovely, yeah. It goes very well with my uh, prawn sandwiches. <laughs> and your Moet de Chandon? Uh, it was Tattinger on Saturday, actually. Oh, of course it yeah. is, yeah. Sorry, I should have known that. <laughs> and also there was a, a statement that was released on, on, I think it was Friday, regarding some some stuff that was going on regarding, uh, what was it, a strong reminder to our supporters uh, regarding discrimination and stuff like that that was going on at the ground. Uh, any idea thought, where it's from? I like, thought, is yeah, there any kind of source to that story? Well, I thought the atmosphere on Saturday was pretty poor. Uh, I thought Bradford were really good, which they're going to be. They bought 1,100. Again, I've, I've, I've met up with a couple of people from Bradford who we know quite well, and they always look after us when we got there. We looked after them in the country house uh, on Saturday. Uh, we did say here there was a... I was recently made aware of homophobic language allegedly being used towards a match official at the game, and we are currently investigating this matter. All for that. That's, yeah, that's the case. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? There's there's no place for that in football. There's no place for that at Wimbledon. Uh, in addition, a flare was thrown from the section uh, at the Sutton away game, and sexist chants continue to be used by a small section of our fan base. The the flare at Sutton as well. I, do you know what I mean? It, that was stupid for me. It was just embarrassing at one all to throw a flare. Uh, Sutton. The sexist chanting. Obviously, going by Twitter. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter and stuff. We Danny Macklin's been on there quite. Quite, what's it word, uh, regularly on there regarding this and stuff like that. And uh, the two songs in question, I believe, are the Champagne song and South London is Wonderful, it's full of tits, Fanny and Wombles. Uh, I, for me, I think the Champagne song is worse than the other one 
And that's why I think the atmosphere on Saturday was quite poor is that people don't know now what to sing. Cause, because if you sing tits fan in Wombles, but you're not, you're not allowed to sing that, but you are allowed to sing the referees or wanker. What, what's the, what, what did you boys think regarding that? Jamie? I mean, I, I'm, I think I heard, I think I heard the chance a couple of times on Saturday. It didn't really take off as much as it had done. Um, Obviously, in previous games, I think people are going to try and sing them regardless. I think people aren't taking it seriously. Um, I, it's look, they're they're they slightly misogynistic. Some would argue they're sexist. Um, it's are the, the question that I, I have really is: Are we being sanctioned because of them? If so, then it's a no-brainer. We should just stop. We should just stop singing them. I mean, there's a lot worse out there when you think of Tottenham I mean I don't know how long uh, the powers that be have been trying to yeah, stop the Tottenham through yeah, the same years, years yeah. and, and it goes Chelsea, on, it goes on. Chelsea fans and rent boys etc 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 and that hasn't stopped and, and it hasn't for a long long time um, I think like I said if there are sanctions fair enough but I think Danny, Mac- Danny Macklin is um, kind of picking the wrong battle to fight right at the start of, of his tenure. I think he's not getting on side with the fans. Um, I think there's more important issues in terms of the football club that are, that are more important. Um, but in terms of the, the songs, so, I mean, I, 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 I'm in the main stand, so I don't fucking sing them anyway. <laughs> but Jamie, your point there about sanctions, I don't think this is from sanctions. I think this is from fans complaining to the club regarding two songs mentioned. Uh, as I said to you, I've I've spoke to mates around this. You you've seen we've spoke to Arash and Andrew Harding regarding it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. I think people now with daughters and stuff they do change their tune a little bit regarding songs, which I kind kind of understand. I just don't get the point of it. it. Was fine before I had a daughter, but now I have a daughter. It's not okay. Do you know what I mean it should be always be the case that it's not okay if you draw that line? Do you get what I mean by that? And uh, I just think that I always I said to one of my friends, so you'd rather us outlaw the South London is wonderful but you're okay with the champagne song because it has that sense of humour behind it. But it, it's drugs, animal cruelty, prostitution involved in it. And, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, but it's a funny song. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not it, it's in that What's context. abundantly clear is, is the nature of the, the spectator aspect of football has changed massively in the last 10 years. Yes. Whether that is, I don't think COVID's got anything to do with that. I just think that football has deliberately addressed and tried to make football a global and a bigger game. If I'm really honest with you as well, and again, it's that weird one, and I have kids all the time singing random songs, which are basically sexual innuendos or anything like that in school. They don't actually mean to be singing about sexual innuendos. They just go with the lyric. They just go with the music. So if you actually sit there and stand there and you're a kid and you're a parent and you're explaining the, the, you know, the songs that we're taught singing about, we don't sing them with the content. It's just, it's just, they're just words. They don't, there's no meaning behind it. And rightly, if someone gets offended, but again, it's like, this has been. Do you do you change the song because tw- ten people out of an eight thousand thousand crown get offended? But like when you when you basically abuse the referee, abuse a player, you're offended. It's just it's kind of like we're so concerned about offending various demographics within our supporter base. Uh, but the referees are right because he's neutral. Well, no. It, it, but if you take away the let's 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 go back and be really really 
blunt here. A lot of the reason why people go to watch football is to have a release on a Saturday to get behind their local team in their community, have a few pints, and for and for two hours they can act in a way that is probably not what they would do at home. They shout, they scream, they moan, they whinge, they shout, they sing, they get drunk, they have a few beers, and normally by half past five. That person goes home, they're nice and chilled, or they go to the pub and it's all good. I'm not saying I'm condoning it. I'm just saying that's kind of the role that football has adopted yes. for for tens of years. Whether that's right, okay now with the modern world, I don't know. But I feel like if you there are many more things to be offended about going to Plough Lane on Saturday, food queues, cost of living crisis, getting into the ground in general, steward behaviour, away fan behaviour, flares than three words in a song. So, and I think that's where Jamie's reacting to. Danny Macklin's got to be careful because you're you're picking at the moment. There are seven or eight areas to improve our world. Worrying about three songs in a in a song title was probably not the one to go for. And I'm with you, Lee. I thought the atmosphere on Saturday was poor. And my dad mentioned it. My dad was like, "We seem really quiet today." And nil nil, exciting second half. But, I'm a quiet. I, I, just I think. I honestly think people are scared now to go, what do I sing? What do I, can I sing any song? Do you know what I mean? We can't just sing AFC Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon over and over again. Walking down Hayden's Road is fine. But do you know what I mean? There'll be songs out there that we start singing that people will get offended by and, and they haven't got any swear words in. And it's like, you also can't shout anymore. Like the keeper's time wasting. You can't say hurry up keeper. Or, do you know what I mean? We don't, as you said, we don't, we, I, I don't say hurry up keeper. I say it in a much worse way than that. But do you know what I mean? I don't cross the line or I try not to cross that line but yeah we, we like Danny said before the game Danny Macklin said let's get a special atmosphere going well that's going to be a bit you've, you're kind of telling us like we can't do what we do and as I said discrimination in football there's no place for it there's no place for it at Plough Lane homophobic Great. racism anything like that that's sexism that's fine I don't see walking down uh, sorry South London is wonderful as a sexist song do you know what I mean I see it as actually body positivity do you know what I mean because we're saying we've got the best looking women in South London and we've got Wimbledon. And that's how I've always seen that song. I've never seen it as anything offensive. Uh, and I just, I, I, maybe we should have got a, a lady on to kind of got got their point of view today, but we couldn't get around that in time. So we got Jamie instead. So. <laughs> I do, I do wow. have tits. And I do have uh, Wimbledon. Yeah. Two, three, oh, two out of three is not bad. I'm close to that as well. To be fair. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I mean, like Danny said, I think that the landscape of, going to watch your team play football live is changing the 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 fan bases are changing um i'm with you finchy i don't think there's anything in those songs that are inherently sexist are they offensive possibly uh, i think you know 9 out of 10 99 out of 100 people that hear that song will think they're funny um but again like danny said it, it's, we live in a world where if someone's offended and kicks up a fuss then you know, I don't think they're inherently, like I say, sexist or, or abusive or offensive to a specific type of people, apart from the the opposition fans that we're singing it at the, you know, the champagne song. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, think, yeah, they I are just, offensive. Don't get me wrong. The champagne song is probably one of the most offensive songs in football. Jay, on Saturday, you probably right as I said, you're in the main stand, so you probably. I I got to the ground pretty late on on Saturday because I went to the country house to watch the Man City Man U game. We had some Bradford fans with us. They're, they're not going to be able to go into the Phoenix because you can't you can't get into the Phoenix before the during the like before the game, can you? Without going into the ground. 
There's no way. Yeah, that's right. You have you to have to, to be. Bra- you have to yeah. have a match ticket. Yeah. So that's what I thought. So we 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 can't get our Bradford friends into the Phoenix to watch the game with us, even though we could do that at Kings Meadow. We can't do that now, which is fine. So we went to the country house, watched it in there. It was a great game of football, as we said. So we did get to the game a little bit later than we'd like to. Twenty-two three. The queues were an absolute joke to get into the game. Uh, really bad. Uh, there was a gate open. Some some people went straight through the gate. They said, well, I'm not queuing anymore and went to a gate, went straight in the gate. Didn't know if they had tickets, didn't know if they were Bradford fans, didn't know if they had weapons. Do you know what I mean? Flares, which again is a little bit for me more important than a couple of songs that might be sang during that Saturday's afternoon. Go on, Jay. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm in the main stand. I don't know. When. Are you both in the east stand? Or yeah? Yes. Yeah, so the the main stand. I don't know if you've been in the main stand, but the the entrance up the stairs is the weirdest football ground entrance I think I've ever ever been in. I mean, it doesn't look like they don't look like turnstiles. It's just kind of sort of like a massive long. Is that by the club doorway. shop? Yeah, above the club shop. Okay, well, yeah, I've I've been to got, the club shop. I've not been above that. So if you imagine it's split into three sections, sort of equal size, and on yeah. both sides they've got turnstiles, which aren't turnstiles. They're like weird electronic gates. Yeah. Um. With sort of one one person on each, on each side, kind of if anyone gets stuck because they're not scanning their ticket properly, and then the middle door is shut because then that's open to let uh, people kind of pile out after the game. Now, I think that should be because there's big queues there too. Probably not as big as you're facing around the other side. Um. But I've been there and we've been queuing up the stairs for a while. You've you've got sort of a whole another section of turnstiles that you could have there. It's not being utilised for you know people can pile out through the turnstiles quite easily. You'd like to think. Um, I mean the 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 stewards were being pedantic about drinking up, up in the main stand. Um, much more pedantic than they had been. You know you're not allowed to stand in certain areas. You're not allowed to take beer past certain areas, even though people were drinking beer in the other side. Um, the queues for the food and the drink were ridiculous. I mean, the Phoenix, uh-huh. we went down at half time to get a beer at the Phoenix. Um, like the queue didn't move for don't know how long, went outside to go and look for a beer. The queue was the same there. And then I saw the, the queue for food. I mean, the queue for those chips was almost, which is sort of down the other side of the South Stand, yeah. was almost back at the Phoenix. Uh, it was so long. Well, so um, when we, we were queued to get in and I said, Danny, put, oh, let's get a special atmosphere going. And I said, I'd love to, Danny, but can't get into the ground yet. This was like 20 to 3. And then he did and said, look, the problem we've got, they've got is that 20% of people are coming in late and try and get, like, even mention it on here that if you get to the ground earlier, it does, it's beneficial. But as I said, we, that ain't always going to be the case. Man U, Man City was on. You're not going to get 8,000 people in the Phoenix watching that. So the local pub. And, and, and the area is nice to drink and eat in. And as I said, we had away a fans with us. So we couldn't do that. But yeah, you, your thing with the queue. Don't me, Baker, me and you spoke to you uh, uh, to, after the game we got on this, didn't I? Because I, I had a friend who left on the 35th minute to go get a beer. He came back on around about the 58th, 60th minute and he had one drink. So he's missed well, half an hour of football. And I think after. personally, and I've watched football, and I'm sure we all have for a number of years, I'm not just saying it, getting into the ground and the general customer experience of getting into the ground, getting to your seat, getting a drink or whatever, I think it's one of the worst I've been to. And I mean, I've been all over the place. Getting into Arsenal, at least the queue moves and it's quick and it gets going. Wimbledon, for some reason, it is so slow. And like I said, our guys, they left, they left the ground 
they went to go to get a drink. I think it was on the 40th minute and they didn't come back to nearly the, nearly the hour mark. And they had one drink. They didn't have lots. And even one of the guys literally had it next to him and went in. The self-service staff was poor. I don't know what the problem is. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a drink, drinker. So at normally half time, I'm just reading the program or whatever, but there's clearly a problem that must be addressed because ultimately if we're preventing people at 22 not getting into the ground, they're going to have a beer, aren't they? They're going to have a beer or a drink before, and we're losing a lot of people coming because of that. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe Jamie's right. It's that extra turnstile. The queues are long, but well, it's, a, it's a problem. You you said so. My, my, my mates and stuff said we'd, we would rather now drink in the, the, the pubs local. Then, None of my lot will drink in the club. They won't. They'll always go somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? And that's we're losing a lot of income from that. And the self, the uh, quick service queue as well was mental. I had one of our mates come back. He had two tickets left to get a beer, and he said he couldn't even get beer there because the queue was just so big. He just said, "I'm hoping to get a refund from the club. It's just that I ain't. I can't. I'm not missing any more football. Do you know what I mean? I paid to watch football, not to sit and drink." crap beer really but uh yeah and, and i said the, the the one of the things was people getting their drinks you if you had a water it was getting poured away and stuff like that i see a few of them complaints and one of the uh things was that was that people have been trying to get vodka in in bottles <laughs> and then and so we're sniffing it and making sure it ain't vodka but maybe people are trying to get vodka in so they at least can get a drink at half time do you know what i mean because what why are we worried about what one percent of people trying to get a vodka in then do you know what I mean? Just get people in the ground. People got water. That that can come later. Just make sure the queues are sorted for getting in the bar yeah, queues, yeah. the food queues, and then worry about people singing songs and 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 bottles of vodka getting into the ground because do you know what I mean, mean it ain't gonna take a lot to smell a bottle of vodka. Is well, it? The last thing on that, though, and I don't want to go on about this forever, but no, we have how long? How long is? I mean, we've been in Pinar Lane now for what a season and a third. We know it's a, we know there's teething issues and stuff to be sorted out. At what point should this have been done? I mean, are we at a point now where we should be at the end of the teething issues and now our stadium should be slick and sorted? Or no. do we feel like there's still a bit of teething to do? But it's a year and a bit. That Danny Macklin's just coming in a job as well, remember? So we've got to kind of give him time. Hopefully he'll he, he probably will listen to this. I don't know if the other two podcasts will raise it because they don't want to upset people's feelings. But we, we we're going to raise it here because we think it's appropriate. People complained about it. We've complained about it. And I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, hopefully Danny Macklin will hear, will possibly, he, he did reach out to say that he will come on the pod uh, and speak about stuff that's happened, but we couldn't get him on this week. We've already planned and, and maybe next week we've already planned as well. But yeah, I, I'll give Danny Macklin a little bit of leeway here and there before we start asking for his job kind of thing like oh no 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 i'm not i'm not saying that i'm just saying how long no 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 generically take and take danny macklin out the way i would have thought a year into a new ground 28 30 times yeah but you've got to remember we had amateurs running it before we've now got a professional person and i don't expect these if we come to the end of the season i give him to the end of the season if if we come in next season and these are still persisting then i'm going boy danny what's going on now okay no 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 i'm happy with that yeah, I think the whole point of him him coming in is just to make the match day experience better. Because at the minute, it's not it's not ideal. I mean, if it, if you take the football aspect of it out of it, you know, the like you say, the queues and everything aren't great. Um, everything's so expensive. I, I mean, I know you can expect that at a football ground because you're stuck in there. That's just the way. That's just the way it is. You go to any football ground in the country, it's probably going to be like that. Um, but yeah, I think just to 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 Danny, um, Danny Macklin, not you, Danny. Um, no, fine. It's sort of you know how are we going to improve it? What what 
what is the answer to get people into the grounds earlier? Um, you know, can we get fans into the ground sooner? How do we do that? Um, how do we streamline people getting into the ground? Um, so when there, there are a big group of people trying to get in at the same time, how do we, you know, streamline that to make it quicker without people just bundling through exits that they shouldn't be going through? Um, you, you, as I said, you've got the local area doing loads of stuff for Wimbledon fans. You've got the Lever Bottle, which has the massive garden, which is just amazing, right? You've got the country house, which lets you bring in your own food. You could get a KFC, take it to the country house, have a couple of beers, your KFC, and watch the Man City Man U game. I think that's amazing. Do you know what I mean? You take try and take a bottle of water in, or or, or something into the into the Wimbledon ground, and you get beaten up pretty much do you know what i mean you're getting tagged up but anyway we should move on because we have been waffling on about bradford and the uh issues for far too long when we come back we'll be discussing aya basal and, and the mccormick virus that he has caught the wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans So we're back and we're be, we're going to be discussing Ayo Basel. Where where is it? Uh, we're going to bring out a little Christmas book, do you reckon? Like find you know, like find Wally. Where's Abs? Where's Asal and stuff like that? Or is he sick? Sorry, is can I off? just jump in there? Go on. Find yes, Wally. Yeah, where's Wally? Wasn't it? Sorry. Find Wally. Where's like, Wally? Come on, where's it's Wally? It's got to be one of the most iconic things in the world. I don't. <laughs> I messed don't it up already. I don't read books, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised you can read at all. <laughs> I don't on, the, on the SL stuff, I thought what yes. was what was worse than even all of this nonsense is the game. The day before the Bradford game, there was a nine-minute interview with Johnny Jackson and whoever the guys at the club. They've mentioned Alex Woodyard. They've mentioned Alex Pierce. They probably mentioned the grass, the the flock of seagulls that is going to fly over the ground, the temperature of the ground, the quality of the painting, and yet nobody has mentioned our, arguably one of the best young. Young players in the whole league. Like, it, what the hell is that about? This is why. It was, it was negligent. It was negligent for both Danny, of them. Particularly this, the interviewer. Danny, this is why people get really annoyed, right? And this is why there's conspiracy theories, rumours, everything going on, is because this is the first time this week that we've got three players apparently sick, and the first time we've mentioned it. Do you know what I mean? We They put an actual tweet out after they've done the first team subs and if maybe they're listening to the podcast maybe they're listening to the debrief and and they've done it but yeah you're right in that interview they don't mention Aversal once not once Johnny Jackson doesn't even go yeah he, he, he's he got the, he's, he's feeling better because apparently I've heard he's had a chest infection been in hospital I've heard that's also absolute nonsense I've heard that he's now pushing a move but we've not had any official bids for him the Bolton rumour apparently Bolton have even said they're not even after him but apparently we've had a bid now from the Middle East and it's the uh, he wants to go to the Middle East to play football. And and this is the thing. You don't mention him in anything. That's where all this stuff cart's coming from. And this is where fans get angry and get annoyed. Go on, Jay. Yeah, well, I mean, I think just saying, oh, yeah, you're, I mean, arguably our best player is ill in the transfer window. And he hasn't featured since New Year's Day. And, you know, it's not, quite cutting it is it I think everyone everyone has a gut feeling that he's off and he probably has to be off or at least wants to be off um and as a precursor to what I'm about to say if he is genuinely ill and he's been in hospital 
uh, I apologise and take back everything I'm about to say. <laughs> no, but I definitely, um, I don't, from the club perspective. The club should have been just commenting about it. And if the club were talking, then none of this happens. But Danny, what do you do you want them to go up to his bed, the hospital bedside with a camera and go, like Chris Thorpe there, in a robe as well, like all robed up, Chris Thorpe, loved, he'd love that to be fair. He and then yeah. do, do a bedside interview with him going, and then he goes, Hello, No, all I want is the club before a big game on a Saturday to mention that our star player but is still ill. But we're not allowed to mention if our players are injured or anything because it might give the other What's team a load an of upper absolute hand. nonsense. Thank you. I've said this right, mate. There's so absolute many absolute nonsense. Just tell us what's going on. Oh no, we can't. Would you want to give the other team an upper hand? That is bollocks because their, their team have done all their stuff already, right? Mark Hughes ain't on a Friday night going. Oh look, boys, Ayo Pasal's out. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They've already done their own work. They've done everything. Sorry, Jay. Go ahead, mate. Well, yeah, I I agree. It's it's. I I don't see it like if he is ill, fine. If it if he is on strike or you know, and we've turned around and say you know we'll let you go as long as you know a club comes in with the right valuation for him. Why can't why can't we be told that? You know, because then a we've taken a strong stance. We've said, look, we'll let you leave. It might avoid all this strike nonsense if that's what he is doing. We, we've got a strong stance on it. And everyone everyone knows, yes, opposing clubs know that we're willing to let him go. But until such time as, you know, a nice round number, let's say a million pounds for sake of argument, until we receive a bid of one million pounds, you're going nowhere. You're here till 2024. Um, you know, look, we'll reassess in the summer if no bids come in at that. If he's, if he's been a prick... Do you bring him back in or do you let him train with the youth? So this is why I was sort of, as a precursor, I apologise in case he is actually ill. Um, I know other other people have touched on it before, uh, people I've spoken to, but I wish, A, we could afford to, and B, we had the bollocks to turn around to him and just let him rot in the reserves for the next 18 months and see how much interest clubs give him then. Um, I know we need the money, but, you know, we didn't deal with McCormick very well. This is sort mm. of McCormick 2.0. If we did that with that better, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation and you wouldn't oh. feel like striking would be the way to force the move out. But we, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to happen, but we can't let ourselves I, be held to ransom by players. I was going to say, if we had dealt with the McCormick, is this because we didn't deal with McCormick properly? Is this the the, the consequence of that? Because Asal's now looking at it thinking, well, look, he got the move he wanted. He's got the money he wanted. I, 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 like, do you know what I mean? He probably does love the club. Do you know what I mean? He's been here since he was like a little boy. Then photos when he first kind of signed, everyone was looking, thinking, this kid's never going to get nowhere near Wimbledon's first team. He was and, tiny, he was 15. Weren't it? Yeah. yeah. If you see the pit, the old pictures with him, and you think, right, the glow up's been amazing. It's also has, a dang, it's a dangerous president. Like you said, you know, we're basically telling the world that if our players, best players don't just stop playing, we're, we're going to give in. And the uh, younger players were telling them the same thing. On the flip side of that, though, boys, if we tell the world that we've got a player striking, they could go, well, we'll take him, but you, we're only going to give you 300 grand. But this goes no. home. Yeah, we've got the upper end. And we, but then he let, runs his contract and he goes for free in the end, like we always do. Yeah, but he won't play a minute of football until that until that time's over. How much is he worth, Jay? How much would you... Well, in terms of your... You said around number of a million. Is he... Um, Think and I'm, I want you to put in terms of the cost of him to buy him plus the sell on if we get one. How much is an, an appropriate amount of money for Al Ubersau at the minute? I reckon he's a million pound footballer. 
Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So million... you reckon he's a bit more than Radoni? Yeah. Okay. A million and twenty five percent sell on. And I'm pushing the sell on to be fair, but I, a million. Pounds. Yeah, I would. I would take less with 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 a, with a big with, with a big sell on. But with a big sell on. I wouldn't I take mean, less at all. It has to be a million for me. It has to be. No, I think if someone comes in and says, you know, we'll give you eight hundred k and a twenty five percent sell on, I think we'd be idiots not to take it. But in really? in the current situation that we find ourselves in, if he is striking, because that is a, that's eight hundred. That's the best part of a million. We and we've just seen from um, the Stoke keeper Bertic that's gone. We've just had a. A payout from that so yeah, yeah but if that... it does work out sell, sell on clauses i know it's a bit of a gamble because you know he, he might not do well at a high level i think he will see two things there that payout for berzik's not going to be as good as we first thought because we all thought that berzik had gone for two mil but he hasn't he's only gone for half a million plus add-ons so we're only going to get something about 100 just over 100k now which is good for a player that we got we let go for ages ago and we got money from him when stoke Thing, but it ain't going to be as we some people thought it's around 400k, which ain't the case. But we talked about two players earlier, two really good Jack Curry and Husbiller. Yeah, we don't want them looking at this and thinking. And Biller's under the same agent, I believe. I think someone spotted the other day. Okay. They're both we, followed on Twitter by him. I don't know if that means that they, he represents both. Again, it's two, two and two, and people coming up mm-hmm. with five kind of thing. But you usually agents follow their players kind of thing and it could be but even if we don't want them looking at this and, and, and having great seasons this year kicking on next year maybe we're top end of league two if we have got in league one and uh them going and turning around going look Huddersfield are after me now or Chef Wednesday want me and stuff going well I want to move I want Asal moved <laughs> Jeremy you know I mean? McCormick moved I, I want that now and there's nothing you're going to do about it anymore the, the funny thing is is if if he just got his head down and, and did the second half of the season the same way that he's played this season, scores another 10 goals, gets however many more assists and becomes one of the best players in the league, he gets his move in the summer anyway. Yep. He's, what, 21 years old? Yep. What difference 20. is six months going to make? 20 years old. So he's going to be 21 in the summer. What difference does six months make? I also think, Jay, in the summer, his options get bigger. Exactly. There's no doubt. I think in the in the winter window, and the biggest problem I've got, and again, I'm 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 taking everything at with our, at arm's length. But if he's even thinking about going abroad, our sell on value ain't worth it. Ain't worth shit. And the reason why I say that is that you go and play in the Saudi league, or you go and play in Morocco league, or whatever, you ain't getting bought for five million. You must be joking. You're not going to get bought for nothing. So if we're going to get rid of him and he's going to go and play abroad, we we're going to need it all up front. And really? I don't see the point of us getting a sell-on fee unless he goes to a low-level championship or a big League One team. I don't see the point. I don't see him any... I mean, you think about Bolton, right? They've got the really good winger, Adela... I can't remember his Adelaian, who I think they got him from Villa or a Premier League club. He's quality, and he has only been linked at the moment for best part of a million tops. I don't even know where these people... How did Bolton get a million pound cash? Like, where are they getting this money from? But Bolton has said they're not interested. No, they but what I mean say. is, who has got... And what I find a bit weird is that... Apart from the big, the big, big teams, unless you sell players, I don't get where you find these big pockets of money. Surely at the start of the year, you use most of your wage bill or you use most of your budget... At the beginning, you don't just go right. Well, we'll, we'll keep this back on a rainy day. Normally, you go for it, and then no, you sell do. players to. Do no, they really do. like? What, yeah, so out- cl- clubs that have that sort of disposable income, they will keep money aside in case they're a in a relegation fight come January, or pushing for the playoffs, or pushing for the automatic, so they can strengthen in January because they'll have a better idea. Peterborough, a good example, 
they 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 have a history of spending big in January. But, all, but, Pe- all... but Peterborough normally sell big though as well, don't they? Yeah, they do like sell they, big, but like, then they like won't. Sell... They won't. In, they won't then. So if they sell Ivan Tony for four million quid, they don't then. They'll invest a million. They, they'll invest a million, and then they've got three million in the bank. But also, Danny, you do you know you what I mean? Remember, transfers work out the fact that we'll get a million for a sale, but we won't get a million straight away. No, no, it'll go. That'll be them over four time. years. Yeah, but yeah. They, they they'll base they'll base that then going right next four years. We've got this coming in if we have like a cut run kind of thing here. Like most of the time, we we do get to the first round. Second I, round I mean, in. I've got I've got no problem with a sale going in January. I've got if, no problem if the price is right and people pay it. And he, I've got no problem. And if he strikes or no strikes, I couldn't give him monkeys. If we get the valuation of the player, he can go. No I, find, I find it really weird, though, that he wants to retire already out to the Middle East. That is him retiring, as you said, Danny. If you go to the Middle East, I know it's money, Jay. It's, it's absolutely Cash is king. about money. Cash but is king. You're, you're 20 years old and you're you're pretty much go to the Middle East. You're only going to come back to a, to a League Two, League One club. You're not going to the Premiership after you've been out to Saudi Arabia or anything like that. I mean, at the end happen. of the day, he's twenty. He's twenty years old. Look, I mean, I, I know we're talking a lot of hypotheticals here, but he's twenty years old. If a Qatari team or a Saudi team have come in, he's on what a couple of grand a week here, if that. Yeah. And they're offering what triple, quadruple, quintuple. Easy, easy. If he's, you know, if, if and he lucky. goes, hang on a minute, I can go, I can go and play out there for a couple of years. Yeah, I make it, make yeah. mega money, and then come back and sort of, I'll still only be twenty three, twenty four. But then if one of them. Cubs are looking at him, then they they, they pony up the money. Then they're going yeah, to that's, that's what you'd like to think, which is why I think it's it, that, that. I just think it's is. for me. He's had a really he for me. He came in a little bit of a burst of a bubble and, and uh, in the for the club last year. I think he had a really. I think he had a promising season, decent numbers, regardless of the fact we got relegated. This year he's turned up. He's been given a directive to be much more sent, much more selfish. The the lad doesn't want to pass. He's not often that bothered about crossing. I don't know about you, Jay. For me, looking at Rodoni and looking at Asao, Asao has got much more to work on. He's got many more aspects of his game that are way below the standard. Rodoni is a much more complete footballer than Asao, and I think he's got to be really, really careful um, with 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 his with his ambitions because I think he could get quite he could get caught out here quite quick. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, I mean they're very different footballers. Yeah. To, uh, I know you say obviously he's got a lot to work on. I think Asal is more dangerous than Radoni. I think Radoni, you know, he's a class footballer. We know that. I mean, he's played 22, 23 times for in the championship this season. Yes, for a struggling Huddersfield side. Yeah. But you know, they from all I've seen from Huddersfield fans, they love him, and he's been one of the bright sparks of that Huddersfield team. You know, and until Asal challenges himself at that higher level, then we're not really going to know. He is selfish. He doesn't pass the ball, but then we don't know what Jackson's told him to do. But at the end of the day, he is selfish, but he's been scoring goals. So it doesn't matter. You know, you, If someone's scoring goals, you're not going to say, hang on a minute, stop what you're doing, uh, do something else. Because he, like I said, he was, he's scoring goals and goals are worth their weight in gold. But for me, Sal's got that wow factor that Rodoni don't. He's got that, as Jamie said, dangerous. He'll, he'll do something off a whim. He's very raw. But yeah, he's got that. He'll take on a player and then bang it straight in the top corner. And... The, the ball comes to a cell and you're on the edge of your seat. People stand up. Yeah. He's that kind of player. Radoni isn't that player. I agree. But like you say, I think, like you say, Danny, Radoni is sort of the more all round better footballer. Before we move on, I think the one key thing with this and the club has got wrong and we've mentioned it so many times uh, and we thought it might get better this season. Again, I think the thing letting this all down is communication. 
communication again is key in the club not communicating to fans jumping in and, and i think they need to be a little bit better <clears throat> with telling us what is actually going on if he is really ill then why not update us if like do you know what i mean just say well a sal was like we got told he was back in the building before bradford and he was close to coming back in johnny jackson i think we can see how he got on training and anyone in any of the training videos go on jay yeah i mean i've got a note here on my sort of Few things I scribbled down before before coming on the pod. Oh no! I, I haven't. Yeah. Oh no! Podcast notes. Yeah. Oh. That's why uh, you know I like to come prepared. That's why the post it since I left, mate. What yeah. colour was your post it? What colour were your post it? Uh, no, I've got it's a um, electronic notes. Mate. Oh, electronic post its Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't need them. Um, that's all there in it, post it. Yeah, I said when when we first started this, and I haven't been on this podcast in ages, and I think the last time I was on here, I was slating that the comms are still shit. Uh, yeah. nothing's changed <laughs> nah. um, same old wombles yeah yeah and I mean you say Sorry. like you know you've heard this about a Sal and you've heard that about a Sal um, you know he's not ill I know I know I've I've kind of covered my ass in case he is but I think we all know he isn't he's taken all this stuff off Instagram I mean which just <laughs> stinks like Very there's true. no way he's actually is ill and if he um, is ill, have a lem sip him, get on with it, eh? Do you know what I mean? Is, the thing is, he's, he's a 20-year-old professional athlete and yeah. he's been sick for three weeks. You'd expect you'd expect him to be in hospital and stuff and them going, look, we're really worried about him. But Yeah, I just cannot see a situation where he has actually been ill this entire time. I, you know, I'll hold my hands up if he has been. I could be wrong. I don't know if it's a ploy in case this whole thing doesn't work out. He doesn't get a move and we can go, oh, he's been really ill. Here he is back in the first team. Uh, you know, those is. stupid fans won't realise what's gone on. Uh, you know, that's that's one scenario. But at the end of the day, none of us know the, what the fuck's going on. No, no, I agree. None of us have a clue. We can talk about it all night. We could probably talk about it for another hour and we'd still be nowhere near trying to work it out. And um, yeah. I think fans, football fans should know what's going on at the club anyway. The fact yep. that the majority of us own this football club makes that that slightly bit worse well, because when would AFC win in the fans club? Yeah, good one. Anyway, let's <laughs> move on. We and we come back. We're going to be discussing Ashley Bays. Uh, what a great job he's done, and how has he not moved on to bigger and better things? The Wombles had a dream podcast. By the fans, for the fans. Final part of today's episode, and we're going to be discussing Ashley Bays. What a great job Ashley has done. How long has he been with the club now? Is it? Is he on for a testimonial? He must be soon. Must be, must be close to 10 years. Uh, I don't know how long he's been here, but what a fantastic, what keepers he's found. The keepers he's actually trained when he's been, they've been with us on loan. People like Kelly Ruse is doing well at Aberdeen, done well at Derby. Uh, James Shea, did he have James Shea for a little while? Or James yep. Shea before? James Shea, do you know what I mean? He's still at Luton, James Shea, I think. Or, or he hasn't been playing on bench, but he's still there. Aaron Ramsdale, we had him for a little while. The, the young keepers that we've lost, Joe Berzik, we mentioned earlier, has gone to Bruges. Will Mannion's playing for Cambridge. Uh, Matt Cox, who could, I think, will make us the most money we've ever made because he'll go on to big, better things. Uh, young Spike Brits in the... Well, I think he's still in the youth team. There is rumours going around that he is leaving or he has yeah. left, but he was there on Saturday warming up with the keepers. Uh, I think he's done an absolute a blinding job with Nick Zanev. 
Uh, there's not much, there's so many plaudits you can say, but the one question you wanted, Danny, weren't it, was how has he not moved on to a big Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously were talking about stuff, and I just saw him on this on the weekend, and he's become like a, a real staple, a real part of the of the club in terms of the very sort of foundations of the club. You know, work, the fact that he identifies as well our keepers. Brandon, we've had some decent... There hasn't been a load of goalies that have come to women and you thought, crikey, they're poor, in the last decade. Wilson. The only ones I can... Wilson, Wilson and maybe Clark. Trot. Clark. What about and we had King, I suppose, who uh, King right, was right. again. I thought he, I didn't think he was a problem. King, he just he got was the Rams did Ramsdale take over from? Yes, King. Is that right? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, who's so, the really was Clark the really small one? No, Clark, Clark was the one, was the one we one signed Oxford, from. Yeah, the really small one. The really small. And he, no, he, he wasn't small. He, he was had uh, mental health issues, didn't he? He had mental health issues. He, yeah, he, but he did go down. Me and my. Boy, he used to say he'd go down, like crouch down, and make himself smaller, which was really weird. Oh, I don't uh, know. Sullivan, he done all right for one season and left, didn't he? But again, Who, yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I just feel like, you know, identifying goalkeepers and, you know, again, I don't know how important it is, but obviously he has to coach players, but obviously trying to identify these players and see who are a good fit. I just think that the, the job that he's done, the, 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 the sheer quality, if you go through those England youth groups, the, the very nature that AFC Wimbledon have got a player in that period is awesome. The fact that we, it is a goalkeeper, which is a very, very unique position. You don't have lots of them. So we're talking about a guy here who has got a knack of... And again, what do you think about these players? It's not just the training, it's the keeping of these players. Like These boys are quality footballers and at the age of 13, 14, up to 19, every club in the country is looking to fill these places and he's getting to keep them to a point where we eventually are going to get paid out and we're going to get paid out properly. And this is with, this is the the goalkeepers without the ones that we don't know about or the lesser known ones who have just had a, you know, the Jack Turners and stuff who have just had a, a, a decent non-league career. I just think the lad's done an incredible job. I also think it's mad because obviously football's changed so much nowadays that goalkeepers used to be more experienced heads. You look at your 30-year-olds, they they didn't they yeah. don't go into their prime until 30, which I think has completely changed now. If you look at Aaron Ramsdales and and people like that who are actually 20, 22, 23, 24 and actually showing people, look, we are mustard goalkeepers, we'll do what the experienced heads do and they're probably cheaper now. And I, as, as you said, I, also what I love about him as well is just his passion. Do you know what I mean? If there's a game where we've just won 1-0 and scored last minute, he'll be there giving it the big un proper and he, he i reckon he's a great lad to have round the, the place as well i reckon he's mad as a box of frogs uh, and people i think that people love him at the club and he's one that we we should keep our I, 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 if he if he moved to a man you asked or something like that then fair play but yeah i think we should do what we can to keep him at wimbledon and i think he's amazing i mean you guys have just sort of listed off his exploits as a goalkeeping coach um but like you just touched on there, Finchie, I think he's a lot more than that um, around the dressing room on a match day. Like, you know, he, he's he's always up and down in the technical area shouting. You can hear him. He's, you know, he's one of the loudest. Um, I mean, you probably can't hear him from the East End, but I can hear him sometimes. From the There's a lot of singing going on in there. Um, so why hasn't he gone? Come on, let's get, let's get to the bottom of it. I mean, why I mean, he, he, he obviously, he obviously must like it. Here. Yeah. That's, that's got to be one massive factor. Um, because there must have been interest. I, I'd, I'd struggle to believe that there hasn't been. You know, I don't know if he's, you know, he's settled here and whatnot. I'm surprised we haven't lost him. I think we've kind of all been waiting for the year where they go, 
you know, Ashley Bays is off and he's going on to... Do you think just bigger clubs things. have got old pros who've played football league experience? Maybe? Uh, quite possibly, I guess. I mean, and, and you were right, Finchie, this will be his 10th tenth, tenth season. He, he came in June 2013. So he is coming up for a testimonial. Maybe he just wants that that one last run out on the play, Plough Lane turf, you know. I, I really hope we give him a testimonial against a decent team at Plough Lane. Everyone go, do you know what I mean? He gets that. Uh, Danny, well, the problem is, Dan, how much do you know about goalkeeping coaches and what else is around? There could be, every other club could have their own Ashley base. So They, maybe, they could do. But I, 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 As I said, I, I can't believe that no one's ever come in for him. But the situation or the job opportunity might have not been right for him. He he settled here. His family might be settled here. Do you know what I mean? He he, he finds keepers for fun, and, and I think till the day he doesn't do that, he might go right. I, I, my hands up. But we, as we said, we hardly ever moan about like Nick Zanev gets a bit too much stick. Probably, I don't think it's as deserved as some people think. But he he uh, he finds keepers, and until the day he doesn't, then that's what I think he'll be in a job forever with Wimbledon. But until he wants to quit. But yeah, we don't know if there's if every other club's got an Ashley Bays. They might must love they might love their own goalkeeper coaches and stuff like that. So I mean I'm looking now, just I've just pressed it at random. Um and I'm looking at the goalkeeping coaches in the random league, which is 2015-16 Barclays Premier League. And of that, I can see clearly at least eight of the twenty have played Premier League or played in the top division. Now, that doesn't mean that you're a better goalkeeper coach. We know that, and everyone knows that in the world, that just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're a good coach. But, um, yeah, I think that I, I think that's part of it. The other question I was going to ask you guys, Ashley Bay's manager. Now, obviously, goalkeepers becoming managers don't often happen. I know that when we've had um, a caretaker, that he has potentially stepped in. Would you have been particularly perturbed, frustrated? Is he someone who's so valuable that you don't dare put him in that manager job because you know you lose him like the Mark Robinson chat. I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are. Um, to answer your last question, yes, I think we can't afford to lose him, and and if we are going to lose him, I'd want I want someone to pay for him because I think he is invaluable to to a lot of what we do. Um, obviously, just because he's a good goalkeeping coach doesn't mean he'll be a good football coach. Yeah, uh, football manager. Um, you know the. Statistically, I think there's been like two goalkeeping managers in the Premier League, uh, Nuno Espirito Santo and someone else that I can't think. Of. <laughs> um, hey, Dave Anderson, you know, yeah, yeah, again, but I'm talking. Well, they are great for us. The rules aren't they? Dina's off our level. Cup of Italy, you know, but yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those. It doesn't mean you translate into a good manager, you know, and then you're probably in passion merchant territory. For, yeah. um, no, it's fair in enough. terms of that, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not against the goalkeeper being a, a manager, but he'd have to he'd have to prove his worth as a manager. You know, I don't think, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those. But, it, but, I think when we lose him, it's going to be similar to when we lost Bassi. We should never have left Bassi go. Mm. Um, I know it's slightly different, but we're going to we, we I think we rue letting Bassi go, and I think it will be the same when and if Bayes does go. No, I, I said that a couple of weeks ago regarding Bassi that I think we uh, we didn't give him enough respect uh, and only now, once it's gone, you realise what you've lost kind of thing. And uh, with Bezo, I would have been disappointed if he'd been given the manager's job. 
only because I don't think he's ever managed before, maybe on a caretaking role at Grays or something like that, where he's been before. But I don't, yeah, I would have been, I want experienced managers to take over as a manager. And if he's gone off and done that and then comes back, brilliant. But I'd be upset again when, when Robbo was given the job, I did say, look, I, I really don't think that's going to be great because if it doesn't work out, we're going to lose a really good youth coach, a youth manager, which he's gone on to show that he is. He's gone to Chelsea doing a really good job there, but that's what he is. He's a youth coach. Uh, we have got Michael Hamilton now, which is he's doing a, a, a grand job as well. But yeah, I, would, I wouldn't want to lose Ashley Bays as a, a goalkeeping coach, goalkeeper, finding goalkeepers because he, he is mustered at it. You say that about Robbo, but I think Robbo wasn't far away from it working out. And and yeah, I agree. You, you know, he, he probably wasn't too far away from it all being all right. I think if we'd have kept Palmer, he might have not lost his job the way that he did. And you know, we might be having slightly different conversations now as a League One club. And um, then if me me auntie had yeah, very Will, true. If me auntie had Will, she'd be a bike. If she had Bull, she'd be your uncle. Yeah, I know. But it's well, it's oy, family podcast, mate. <laughs> Danny Matthews Matt, um, Matt, yeah, Matt been won... on the phone told us we can't talk about that. Oh, oh God, sorry. <laughs> ah, joking, joking. The, um, complain. the uh, one question I did want to ask is, obviously, I've got three goalkeepers here that we've gone and sold for money, which is Cox, Mannion and Bursic. Yep. And then maybe this this young lad that's been touted is moving to Spurs. Like, yep. Are they the three? I mean, I know that's enough. Uh, goalkeepers, you know the cal- the caliber of our well. What well, Mannion is 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 the first team goalkeeper at Cambridge, mm-hmm. and Bursic Cambridge. has obviously gone to Club Bruges, and obviously yeah. Cox is at. Bro- I just feel there's one more, you know. That's I what don't I mean. Know, I, I feel, I like, feel like, like I'm missing one. I do. I feel like we're missing a keeper, and I don't know who it is, and I don't know why I, I feel that way. We're not. Um, but I just feel like we're missing one keeper somewhere, and I can't think who it is. If someone ever listening can tell me who it is, that was it. I don't Mannion, know. Berzik, and I feel like there's one who went a whip switch. No, we're we're not. You're we've definitely not lost had a him. keeper. I don't know how good he was, but I feel like we lost the goalie um, to whip switch, and I'm going to Google it now. Well, someone was that Zaki Ula? Was it Zaki Ula? Yeah, Ula, oh la la. Uh, yeah, and so obviously you mentioned that Albert the White brought in. Yeah, Bert White. Bertie White, he went to Ipswich. He was from Bournemouth, went from mm. us. Yeah, he's the lad I'm thinking of. Now, whether or not he's... I mean, he's a free, so I can't imagine. But it was a one, 18-year-old, one-year deal. Um, whether or not he's still um, playing there, I, I don't, don't even, know. I'm, I'm not even counting You're not even counting him, I mean, we didn't get any money for him, did we? Yeah, so it's oh, a free no, chance. I think he signed, for, he signed for Salisbury. There you go. So, That's why Bezo done a great job. He got rid of him. Yeah, and I think I think you touched on it earlier. I think we've had more good goalkeepers than we've had bad mm. since he's come in. There's obviously always exceptions, like we spoke of Clark and Wilson, and you know there was a few others that didn't quite work out. Um, but then we've had Roos, who I thought isn't actually the best goalkeeper, but did an amazing job for us. Um, well, yeah. And he moved on and done well at Derby, and he's he did all right at Derby. Um, is he at Aberdeen now? I was yeah. kind of lost track. Yeah, of Aberdeen, yeah. Derby. Um, I think. King just it was at a time where I think a lot of players were under fire and he was one of them. Yeah, I agree with that. Just didn't quite work out for him. And then obviously Aaron Ramsdale, who's probably the best footballer I've ever seen in a Wimbledon shirt. What did you um, make a trot, by the way? Because I quite liked uh, him, but he was a little was, bit he was I always felt that he was the hangover after Ramsdale, wasn't that? Is I that think right? it was big it was big boots to fill. Yeah. Regardless. Like you'd have to have been some player. And he was he wasn't really 
anything to write home about, was he? He wasn't bad. He wasn't good. He was very I, small and lightweight. He wasn't, you know, loud in your face like Rambo was. So. Yeah, and I think thing that was. Yeah. Thing is, I when Rambo come in, you could see Rambo was going to go on and do. Really, I don't. I didn't think he'd do the stuff he's doing. Didn't think he'd possibly win the league with Arsenal, which he could do. I didn't think he'd go and play for Arsenal with Trot. You looked him up, and I think, as you said, Danny, it was a hangover from Ramsdale. As you looked at him and thought, he ain't going to go and ever play for West Ham. He's gone yeah. alone again. I think he's out in France somewhere, or he could he be was in Belgium. France, yeah. yeah. My, my I, mate's a West Ham fan, and he was saying when we signed him, he went, Yeah, no, he's, he's going to be really good. Like, he's really thought of in the West Ham Academy, which is obviously yeah. one of the best academies in England, probably like sort of historically. He's in Denmark um, on loan. But I think yeah. they were waiting for him to sort of grow up and get a bit taller and bulk out a little bit, which hasn't happened because for a goalkeeper, he's tiny. He's what, a six foot flat. and Skinny as anything. Than, as well. Skinny as anything. You know, he's yeah. probably, he's not a bad shot stopper, but in terms of coming out and, you but know, I hate that. in that area, he's, he's not, a, you know, he's not. I hate that when people say a professional goalkeeper is a good shot stopper. They should be. That's his job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the Rambo's a great shot stopper, probably the best shot, shot stopper in the world currently. But he's also got the other stuff to his game. Mm-hmm. He come crosses that save from Saka the other day with his toe. Do you know what I mean? He comes out big bang. That's that's a keeper. And yeah, Trot just didn't have it. And you looked at him and thought, is he ever going to play for West Ham? Not. No, I don't think. And where are we going to put Zanev in this chat, traps? I know we've kind of our conversation has somewhat evolved ever so slightly from Bezo, but talking about Bezo's latest um, protege slash mentee, where are you putting Zanev in the equation that we've got? Jay, you had your hand up first. Uh, slap bang in the middle. Zanev is fine, especially for yeah. League Two. He is a capable, He's an adequate goalie. Yeah, he, you know, he is a good shot stopper. It's probably the best part of his game. He's not bad at coming for crosses. He's not the best. He isn't the best with his feet, but thankfully we've thrown that out the window. Yeah, you know, and like going back to the Bradford game quickly, you know, we could have lost that game at, when they were down to ten men at nil nil. Yeah, it's good you know, save. He, he made he made a good save, and you know he makes one or two good saves a game. Yes, right. he's yeah. got a clanger in there. He's perfectly fine. He gets a lot of stick. But at the end of the day, he's ours. We don't have, we don't have to waste the loan on a goalkeeper, and he's he's you know he's a decent goalkeeper. For oh, don't worry about him leaving. Put it that way. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree, and but I think if you ask Bezo the question, I think he'd say he's one of the uh, he's up there. Because, really? Yeah, because of what he's bought him from a kid. He's been with him since he was really young. You you've seen him when he was skinny. He went out on loans. He went out to where did he go? Potter's Bar, somewhere like that. He went out to Sutton. Do you know what I mean? And I think Bezo will look at him now and think he is an adequate, professional, good professional goalkeeper. Uh, possibly could be a New Zealand national. And I think Bezo would say, I've done a really good job on this kid. Yeah. We're talking about Bezo's point of view as well. I would take James Shea over Zanev. Uh, and obviously I'll take Ram. I'll take Rambo over. But I'm talking about well, Wimbledon. Mate, I'll take Wimbledon Rambo over Blimin. Yeah, Ronaldo. And Hans Sagers. But in terms of goalies that we've owned, I think... I think I'm I'm probably picking for the league. I think James Shea was probably a fraction better than uh, than Zenev in my eyes, but it 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 would be tight. But I think he I think like what Jay said. I look at him and I'm fine that he's in goal. Now that we've ditched the kicking, and we're actually just concentrating on the things that he's good at, I think that suits him down to the ground. I think it's hard to it's it's hard to judge that in terms of goalkeepers being owned because since we've been in the football league, we've had Seb Brown, James Shea. Clark for Ross Warner. Ross Warner. Ross Warner. 
you know and those were like really early days of league two and then we went on a massive yeah run of lone goalkeeper every year which is yeah. a perfect which is a fine model we you know we, we you know Ram, rambo almost single-handedly kept us up that year with that save at luton yeah george long did it before that day he was good george yeah exactly long. we didn't even mention him what a goalkeeper he was yeah he was at mill yeah. one now wasn't he? Oh, he was class right should we move on uh and we'll come back. We'll briefly discuss the uh, upcoming games against uh, Newport away and we'll sort them. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. So we're going to be previewing the upcoming game. Uh, what is it? Valley Parade? It ain't Valley Parade anymore, I don't think. But no, no, that's Bradford. For, Rodney Parade. Rodney Parade is Newport. Newport uh, and the home game against Walsall. Uh, I could go. Anyone been there? By the way, to Rodney Who? Parade. Yeah, I went. I went the old ground. Is it? That's not the not Rodney Parade, is it? I went when John Main scored a hat trick when we first got into the. I think that might be the same. Because there was two Newport counties, wasn't there? There was yeah. one in Wales and there was another one. I think the other one we played, I think the other, when John Main scored the hat trick was at a different ground. Okay, Rodney fine. Parades, they're kind of new ground. I'm pretty sure it's Rodney Parade. They had a Euro. It is Rodney Parade, yeah. yeah. They had a Euro million geezer, didn't That's they? Right. That's right. That's right. He won it, of, didn't they? Put a bit of money in and then said, look, try and now make it self-sufficient. I'm not piling in all my money, but here's a bit to kind of now. help us. All right, Dan. I think so. Well, like, like Tony Yvonne and Aziz last week. What, they're both dead as well, are they? Well, that's what you said. Anyway, yeah, uh, I think we'll beat Newport and draw with Walsall. Walsall's tough. They beat us three one this season, and, and they're uh, looking to they're, they're looking, looking to make a permanent deal, aren't they? Is it them who's making a permanent? They've deal signed Jamil Mansfield. They signed Jamil Matt. Matt. They signed Jamil ah. Matt. They've signed him. Yeah, he's got. Uh, be quite good but they film. lost Taylor. I think they've lo- they look like they could be losing Taylor if he ain't already to uh, Mansfield as well. And Taylor's their top goal scorer. He's a handful. But Who for um, Mansfield? Or for Newport? Walsall. Walsall, sorry. I thought Walsall had Johnson. Johnson, that's the geezer. Yeah, it was the guy who was from Leighton Orient and he that's was supposed it. to be moved to Mansfield. Yeah. Anyway, so Newport, what do we reckon first? I mean, Newport are what? They're, they're like top of the bottom chunk of teams, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, uh, you'd like to think we'd get a result there. I'd probably take a point. What I mean, they haven't won in the last five. They've yeah. lost the last game and drawn the previous four. Yeah, so I'd take a point. I mean, because no. we're, we're at we're at a point where no. our, our squad. All right, you can you get your chance in a minute, Finch. All right, <laughs> um, you. We're at a point where we've got a lot of new faces in our sort of squad's been ransacked in terms of the loans going back and Asal being <clears throat> ill. So, I think if we can go up there and get you know if if you win at home. And draw away, then you, you're on something good. Obviously, I did in an ideal world, I want us to win. I think we should be winning. We played them relatively recently, didn't we? At home, who Newport? Yeah, quite possibly. I've slept yeah, since. I feel like we've played them relatively recently at home. I might be going mad though. Yeah, Actually, we've I remember. I remember they had a centre back called Farquharson, a tall lad, and he was a guy who played for England futsal. Thanks for, that's my that's uh, my my. Uh, as long as we don't have the reference the other new, Newport game, we should be all right. Yeah, we won one nil, didn't we? Was no, was it one nil? The one one with Jane with Ethan Chislett's free kick in the top corner. One all, one all. I reckon it was. Yeah, him. someone did someone get sent off or something? Or Baker, you're not taking a point like Jamie, are you? No, no. I'm, I think we should win that game. I uh, think if, well, but what I would say is I think we should be winning that game. 
But we we drew with Newport one one Boxing Day. That was it, Boxing Day. Yeah, I was gonna um, say it was only recently that yeah. we drew, and the, the ref gave that shocking penalty. It was a penalty. That's what it was. Yeah, the so, and we had the really same off with Hudlin. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were up to a huge amount. No, they're awful. Um, but I do feel like um, we're a mid-table team. So I feel like it's a game that if we've got aspirations to to get promoted or get close to the playoffs, we should be winning it. But I feel like with the personnel that we've got without a Sal, I think we'll be exactly what Jamie said. Nah, we'll be tough right. to beat, but we should be looking to win. So I would, I'm going to predict that we're going to win, but a draw wouldn't surprise me at all because I think we're going to become that team who's, t- who's tough to beat but doesn't have a lot going forward. Uh, you lot are crazy because we're going to have a, a week now to work with the new players. They're going right. to gel, right? Right. Chris gel. Uh, yeah, he's coming back. Uh, JJ's going to find a formation that works with the new players. Uh, J- Jamie always has a really bad shout every episode he's on. So taking a point against Newport's a poor shout. Would fair. you start El Hamadi? Yeah, you you yeah, have I'd, to put, I'd go two up top. You yeah. have to find a way now to have two up top. As I said earlier, I think Marsh comes out. Uh, little probably goes in, uh, but yeah, Al Hamadi. I say four Neil Wimbledon. Wow, and you're having a pop at me about shouts. And it, so, if you're Where playing are we top getting front, four goals from, and if you're playing top front, Al Hamadi, you... hat trick, wow, Josh Davis and the other. I'm glad I'm you can pronounce his name this week. So, are you playing <laughs> four four two, or are you doing what are you doing? Because obviously, we've been playing four at the back, which looks like it works. Pearson on one wing, Chislett on the other, and then you're going to play. Chislett's not a winger. Chislett's not a winger. I know he's not, but that's... So we've got, we've got one... We've got two wingers. We've that's got the one problem that we haven't having. seen enough of in Pearson. And we've got Courtney Senior, who's who's obviously... And we don't want to start him. So I don't think we can play... So, how, four, so four, how, if we're going to play two up front, that's John, what are you going to do? That's, four, Johnny's, that's what Johnny's issue is, not mine. Four, two, four, we just three, got we got to play four. two up. We got to play four at the back and two up front. The rest of it, okay, the rest of right. it, just just spread out. <laughs> no, because I don't know. I don't want to go four, two, three, one. But you can't play four, four, two. This ain't Benson and Edges. You can't play three, five, two, which I think would actually work better at the moment. Three, five, two. You've actually got two natural wing backs. I said if we ever play, I said I said if we ever play three, five, two again, I want Johnny Jackson sacked. But I think with the actual players that we have actually got now, three five two is the best formation for us because we want four at the back, two up front, but we don't know who's going to be playing in the middle. Woodyard's got to play as well. I, I've got this feeling. I love Woodyard now. You're like you the, you're literally you like the Tories, mate. The no, you know why I do. I owe past. Alex Woodyard a huge apology. Yeah, you I, do. Do you want to do it now? No, no, because you know why I found out he's a big Rangers man. And yeah, so if you're a big Rangers man, you're okay by me. So Alex Woodyard, you're okay by me. Anyway, Walsall predictions for Walsall. That's home, isn't it? That's yes. a home. Yeah. Tuesday night. Well, okay, I think on the I would take four points from the two games, um, and I feel like um, the Walsall game will be a lot harder. I think if they they're a club that looks like they're investing a little bit, and they're gonna have a, I think they're gonna have a bit of a punt. So I, I think that will be a much tougher game. So I'm going to say that we'll beat Newport and I think we're going to get a draw against Walsall. And I think we'll, as I said, I've got, I, I don't feel we're, we're anything but a mid-table team. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to cry my eyes out if we're not. But Walsall is in our, they're, they're a team very similar to us. And I feel like we've had our really, really big run and we're going to be hard to beat to the end of the season. Um, so I think Walsall will be a, will be one of those sort of difficult one-one draws, but I think they're going to have a couple of decent signings coming in, and it'll be interesting, you know, whether we'll get another one over one or two over the line and maybe make us a bit more 
compact because the one thing we've wanted is a bit of strength for depth and we I've been a bit light. So I would say we're going to draw with Walsall. One all. Why not? Let's go mental. Same. One all. Okay. That's awkward. Jay? I mean, I'm, I'm fighting the urge to say one all as well. But um, I think we'll either get two or three points out of those two games. So Which I, I think is all right. Yeah, I think I think I I, I can't I, I I can see us drawing both. I can see us nicking something at Newport, and I can Four draws in us, a row though. Boring. I can see us losing losing at, at home to Walsall. But would I you have concerns, Jay, if we draw if we don't if we get like uh, two draws and uh, still you know maybe maybe it's just one goal here, one goal there? Are you concerned about? Are you thinking right? Do you know what the ASAL conversation, or we need to further strengthen in, in forward areas, or are we just going to go well? Because we must get to a point where it's like, do we do we really have a chuck at this? Do we do we, do we chuck our all of our eggs in one basket and we feel we can have a go at the playoffs? Or if we're not winning these next two games, do we go? Do you know what? We're not going to get relegated. We're going to shut up shop. We'll save the money and we'll just get some younger. We'll keep the younger players in around the squad and see how we get on. That's what I think we should do. I yeah, don't I think yeah. I don't think we should break a bank chasing the playoffs because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we spent five, five or six years in League One in a relegation battle after relegation battle after relegation battle, and like we're not going down. I mean, unless no. we go, unless we go on the same run. And even if we do, I don't think we'll go down. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's, it's well, I think what forty points is probably the magic mark. We're thirty-seven now. We've we've got thirty-six now. So, uh, so it's it's football, you know. Man. It was a mad game though, isn't it? Because we say we want a boring mid-table game, like season one season, just so because we've had so many relegation battles. And then when we have one, everyone's like, "No, no, no, we want to get in the playoffs." No, I'm I, fine. I'm, I'm fine. not too fast. Yeah, I'm happy, but I believe a striker and a centre back coming in. That's what I think we're after. And, I feel like we need a centre back, but the striker situation, I just feel like Davison is going to run out of legs eventually. And like yeah, I said, but I, we've got Al yeah. Hamadidi now, so he, he's going to be banging. We've back. also got um, we haven't touched on him. We've got Zach Robinson back. I think yeah. if we get another if we get another striker in, he'll go back to Dundee. I, I yeah, um, I was gonna, I was going to say I heard he's going back to Dundee once we sign a new striker. Yeah, but... I think we just need we. I think ideally we wanted him to stay at Dundee. You 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 would you would keep NYC over Zach. I, yeah. I don't know if we're okay. keeping him either. Yeah, it seems weird he come down with a virus as well, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but I, I, I mean, NYC when he but just before he got injured, he was coming into a rich. He was class, yeah, and he, he's he's a goal scorer. NYC, I really like yeah. him. I think the problem is trying to get him in a run of games. He needs to be playing. Correct, he, that's the problem I've got. He, he can't he can't be coming on five ten minutes here and there. It doesn't suit him. Uh, Zach Robinson, I think agree with you, Jamie. I think we wanted to keep him up in Dundee, but. When everyone got recalled, we were like, "Shit, we got no one." So we recalled. I just him. feel with this time next week, if we're after the Warsaw game, I feel like well, if we haven't taken a certain <laughs> amount of points and we're going to be, you know, more than seven or eight points off the playoffs, I feel like we like exactly like we're like Jay said. Do you know what? Let's not chase the money here. Let's give our younger players the opportunity to play. Let's let's keep them around near the end of the season when we're safe. Let's give them a look. Let's give them five or six games. Let's see where we're at with the viewpoint that I feel like there's not a lot of our guys this year who I see leaving at the end of the year who I would be like, we really want to keep you. So I, I think it's an interesting decision um, to make. But um, yeah. I, mean, I think we could we could quite easily lose Curry and Bill Air in the summer if we don't go up. But as long as we get money for them, I'd, I'd you know, yeah, well, I think that's that's, that, that's the whole point of getting these players through. They're not going to stay. It's, it's our mod, it's our model, unfortunately. Yeah. Now, so anyway, I'm a model. boys, I'm a model. yeah, Giacomo. 
Jack him up, <laughs> oh, Ain't wrong with that, is it? Jamie's <laughs> back with a bang. Right. Uh-huh. Boys, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure having you back on the podcast. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it, mate. Thanks for having Sunday, me. Sunday, we are back with the debrief. I will be back. Uh, I'll probably be doing a debrief every other weekend now. Will you be wearing debriefs or not? Possibly, but yeah, God, debrief. Right, and uh, yeah, I just ignored it. And uh, yeah, thanks to our sponsors, Season Master, uh, Firefold Doors and uh, Secondary Glazing. Uh, not Big shout out to Ball Masters as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Come on, you dance. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.